0: It was a sort of a tech jamboree. We had Slack for communication, Jira for keeping us on track, MongoDB for our databases. We used analytics at the time. FullStory really helped us understand our users. AWS was our cloud backbone, and the design was much everything Figma It was just faster than anything else. We started in Sketch, but moved to Figma very quickly. Plus, I, I think a ton of others in the mix. It was a real sort of patchwork of tech, to be honest, and but it came together beautifully for that MVP. I'm Joshua Purvis. I am the co-founder and chief product officer of Assembly.
1: This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Six months moonlighting. nothing the Who share what it takes to change an industry.
0: I don't exactly know she what to do next. took many
1: goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. The
0: company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of
1: our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was the Yes, pain. we've been fighting it as we grew. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried to begin. Dry the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really want it's it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Stories. I'm your host, Noah Lapark, and today, how Josh Purvis built a platform for informed teens so they can drive exceptional results as know it all champions. This episode is supported by Turso. Turso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Turso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at Terso.tech slash Codestory. Terso, welcome to the Data Edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting MemberStack.com slash Codestory. Josh Purvis grew up in Missouri on a lake in the Ozarks. He spent most of his time outdoors and became a professional wakeboarder. Eventually, an injury took him out of the circuit and he went to entertainment school. During his time there, he and his roommate built a website and he has been into tech ever since. But outside of tech, he reads a ton, owning about 400 to 500 books and enjoys street tacos, wings, and a good plate of pasta. In the past, Josh and his current co-founders discussed employment engagement. They also began to notice that sharing information across a large company was, well, inefficient, with many points of failure. On the side, they started building something that would improve both of these areas together. This is the creation story of Assembly.
0: So I was at Honey, Jonathan, my soon to be co-founder, tapped me on my shoulder one day and he had this spark in his eyes, as he always does, talking about employee engagement. And I was over here thinking about information, just how tangled it gets at like a company as the company grows, like trying to pass a secret message in a game of telephone with the more links in that chain, the messier it gets. And I saw Honey grappling this. I saw ZipRecruiter grappling with this. We thought, why not tackle both? So while I was at Honey pulling some pretty seriously late nights. We kickstarted started Assembly on the side. Jonathan was a Zip Recruiter. Our other uh, co-founder, Vijay, he was also a company in India at the time. We started with something simple, right? Employee recognition. Got a couple of businesses on board and the wheels just started turning. We started getting some customers on board. But then the whole plot thickened around us and our users began to ask us for more. We were part-time still, mind you, so like, we didn't really know how to build more than what we'd already built. was just, again, the employee recognition piece. We were getting asked questions around feedback systems, surveys, one-on-ones or announcements, or all these things that our customers kept asking us for. And they kept asking for it because our product was really engaging. When they would buy it and put it in uh, top down, it would get used. And so we were stumped on really what to build. There was no single path for like what to do next. Then there's no code movement, started making waves. I think it clicked. For us, as we were looking at the codas, the notions, the air tables of the world. So we thought, why not build something flexible? So we created a form builder, which we refer to internally as like a Swiss Army knife. Not only did it keep our recognition loving users happy, but it also paved the way for countless other use cases. It was our little like Dave and Goliath moment because we're going toe to toe with some of these companies that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars, have hundreds of resources, and we have under $20 million raised and 40 resources. So a little bit different for us. And this it just enabled us to support any use case that a customer might have, whether it be a one-on-one or announcement or a social feed or note-taking or meeting agendas, whatever it might be. And we use Assembly for all these use cases internally pretty religiously.
1: Let's dive into the MVP, so that first version of the product to build. How long did it take to build,
0: and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? Our MVP, good times. It took a lot of effort because of the part-time aspect. But it was all about recognition. I'll give you a picture to some degree, which is you're in a team, someone does a fantastic job, and you just want to give them a virtual high five. With our tool, you could do exactly that. You drop a message, maybe slap on a gift for some fun, or GIF, if people prefer GIF. And to make it more special, you toss in some points. So coupled with all of that, you you stack up enough points and you can actually redeem and trade those points in for some really cool stuff like gift cards or you can make a donation even to a lot of the charities that we support. Give you a funny example, one of our customers, this CEO, happened to actually take one of our like template ideas, which was put the CEO's mullet into a hairstyle. And he went on his all hands and legitimately cut his hair into a mullet because someone had earned enough points to redeem for this. And they redeemed for it and he actually went through with it. We got this back as a case study, it was really fantastic. In terms of tools, it was a sort of a tech jamboree. We had Slack for communication, Jira for keeping us on track, MongoDB for our databases. We used heap analytics at the time story really helped us understand our users aws was our cloud backbone and the design was everything figma it was just faster than anything else we started in sketch but moved to figma very quickly plus i, I think a ton of others in the mix it was a real sort of patchwork of tech to be honest and but it came together beautifully for that mvp Let's
1: dive into some decisions and trade-offs you had to make. You're kind of touching on some as at a high level, maybe pick your favorite or one or two that, you know, hard decisions you had to make around approach, feature limitation, all the things, right? And specifically, I'm curious about how you coped with those decisions.
0: The ever present dance of a startup life, right? Our most star has always been building something sustainable and impactful. But I think as with any journey, there are crossroads. A big one for us, I think balancing team growth and runway, it's like being a kid in a candy store. You want every candy out there, or in our case, every talented person out there, but in your pockets, don't always allow for it. So we had to be selective to some degree and be really scrupulous in, in how we hired because we knew we couldn't hire too much. So we had to compromise on time for that matter sometimes. And that was somewhat painful to some degree because we had a lot of stuff we wanted to develop. Then there's building features. There's these features that get a check mark during sales that are effectively sometimes untouched, not completely untouched, but they might not be used for a quarter or a month at the very least. But it's a bit like having a shiny toy in a Windows Store, but no one really plays with it once they buy it. We had a few of those, not always our proudest moments that we had to build some of these things. At the end of the day, like coping with that one is you get money in the bank and you have more runway and more time on book. We'll compromise here and there with some of these projects. I think we try to do our best to avoid them. And and if we hear of one of these come up, talk to our customer and try to understand how we can actually really push the value of whatever it is that we're actually trying to build. Coping, I wouldn't really frame it probably as coping. It's more about navigating, I think, the landscape. Like hiking. Sometimes you choose a rocky path because there's an incredible view up ahead and the challenging decisions, those are effectively the rocks. You take them in stride because you believe in the beauty of what's coming, that sense of purpose, the the promise of what they had. And that's what I think makes all the tough calls worth it to be honest. And honestly, when you see the company not just survive, but actually thrive, I think that's the best feeling in the world and, and all the coping you really need. This episode is encrypted
1: by Cipherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cipherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, CypherStash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cipherstashcom codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In 3 simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com/codestory. That's t r b l l e.com/codestory. So let's move forward then. You've got the MVP, it's working, you are seeing some traction, you're getting some some good feedback from your users or asking for more features. Tell me how you progressed the product. How did you mature it? And I think to wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm curious about is how you built your roadmap, how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with
0: Assembly. It's been very transformative to be honest. We kicked off with a very straight recognition tool. That's really all it did. And today we've expanded to this dynamic internet platforms, a hub for all your communication, all of your engagement, and all of your knowledge discovery. I think balancing between customization and control has been a challenge as we've matured. We aim to offer a lot of the flexibility, yet keep it intuitive so the core functionality isn't lost in the shuffle. But I will say to the probably detriment of some of our success. I really was anti-pro on lots and lots of customization because I just could not see the value. And we had a meeting with the customer one time where he explained why putting this little graphic on here made everyone's day. And it just clicked for me and like, oh, I see the, the value in this now and, and why this little Easter egg moment for your employees really matters. And from that day forward, like the customization has been like top of mind every time we build built anything for that matter. And for our roadmap, it's deeply anchored in our mission, which is to save people time and enhance the the joy of their work. So every feature we consider is weighed against that mission. It's also about our goals as well. So the voice of our users combined with our vision is what really steers our path forward. Then also the little magic key and everything often there's a lot of tactical conversations that go behind all that, but we scrutinize our roadmap on a weekly basis. Things changed pretty quickly at assembly just due to the nature of, I think, our size, our stage, and the evolution of the product as it continues.
1: So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to
0: indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? It's like carefully crafting a mosaic. I won't sugarcoat it. It's been a challenging journey. Hiring is, I think, very hard for a startup, but it's also been the most reward rewarding part of this venture for me personally. Every individual on our team has had a conversation with me, and that's a tradition that I uphold. Every role requires a, a specific skill set. But when I engage in the hiring process, I hop for three foundational qualities: energy, ability, and integrity. And energy I'm looking because we're on a mission and it requires this relentless drive. I look for individuals bursting with innate energy because I believe you just can't ignite a fire when there's no spark. So you have to have this like inner burn to just get there. The ability piece, I think confidence is a given probably for anybody, but I need to know that you just have the base skills and the acumen to excel in your role, to bring fresh perspectives and to really challenge the status quo. And it really takes a lot of, understanding of your skill. And then thirdly, there's integrity. And at the core, I think this is just essential to you being a good human. It sounds like very simple, but someone with a strong moral compass often faced, I think, moments where we could go into these gray zones. We've chosen the high road, I think, every single time. And I think it's really important. While we service our end user, our buyer is not the end user. Our buyer is HR or leadership or some sort of administration of a company. And there's all sorts of things we can do with that data. So we have to be extremely careful. And I think what road we're willing to go down. And after selection, I think my philosophy is really simple. Trust in their capabilities and provide the environment for them to flourish and letting them shine for the most part. This episode is supported by Turso. Turso
1: is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel Edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too, in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Turso makes it easy. With the developer experience of SQLite in a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Turso is lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Turso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to turso.tech/codestory and get started today. That's t u r s o.tech/codestory. Turso. Welcome to the Data Edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud cost, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So, before you go and sign a multi year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash code story to get started. Let's flip to scalability. This will be interesting. Did you build this to scale efficiently from day one or with scale in mind? Or have you been fighting this as you grow? And and I think that that could be organization
0: or it could be technology, really, wherever you want to take it. Building our initial MVP, in all honesty, is a bit like assembling a plan while you're in midair. We weren't entirely primed for scale, empathy, but we were passionate and eager to address sort of the clear the, need. So I think that got us ahead of the thought of scale. That initial blueprint was essential. It gave us our first flight or customer or whatever you want to call it. However, our approach shifted dramatically. I think a unique challenge that we grappled with is our product's broad potential. It's a double-edged sword. We can cater to a myriad of cases. Some are good, some are bad. Maybe a better way to say that is some are stellar while others might just meet the mark. Occasionally, clients come to us attracted to some of those less polished functionalities. Addressing those while maintaining our focus and ensuring we're pushing the envelope and our core strengths can be this tightrope. The fact that we have all these templates gives us lots and lots of scale opportunity and maybe almost too much scale now. And we have to really be careful in where we apply our time. So it's about focus. I think we mastered the skill and the efficiency quite a bit but that came that did not come from like the initial MVP the initial MVP was let's build recognition let's see if we can just get a customer to pay us dollars and if so we'll continue to figure out how we might scale this product so as you
1: step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built what are you most proud of?
0: when I take a step back and look at what we've built it's the team that stands out for me it's Amazing to see the bond and trust we fostered. We've got folks who've been with us for two to three years, sometimes more, which given the the dynamic of a startup, it's a testament to the collective commitment to our customers, the excitement around the product that we're building. I think that's probably the biggest highlight for me, to be honest. It's all about the people.
1: So let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made
0: and how you and your team responded to it. The one that really stands out was our hesitation to pivot from catering to this recognition buyer to the intranet buyer. Sure, we needed revenue and we had built up a pretty good base of this intranet, or sorry, recognition-based customer. But when we expanded with the form builder, we had both time and funding on our side. There was this internal apprehension that our revenue would flatline, which in hindsight was more fear-driven than fact-based. We discovered Customers that were more profitable had less resistance to costs, were quicker to close with deals. And our ACDs have five to seven X. Our seat costs have over double. And our time to close went from 90 days to 30 or 45 days. Embracing that change really made a pivotal moment for Assembly. I think the team, they were apprehensive at first. I think change does that to people in general. But once we took the the time to get everyone on board, align our vision and adjust our approach, we hit this new stride.
1: So what does the future look like for the product and your team? This is always fun to hear from the founder's perspective.
0: I think I'd be remiss to claim that I have a crystal ball, but especially with the sort of tidal wave of all this AI on the horizon. That said, we're weaving in AI intricately into Assembly's fabric as well. One exciting feature is this deep search. So we let users dive into every nook and cranny of information with that assembly. You can think of it like a dedicated chat VT, but tailored explicitly to your organization. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. So we're pushing the boundaries on this AI piece into the interactive pieces of AI. Our aim is for users to engage seamlessly with it. So affectionately, we call her Dora. She doesn't just generate information but acts on commands, streamlines, tests, and keeps everyone in the loop. And imagining doing this not just within Assembly but across all their tools. So it might be file storage your HR platforms and any other tool that you can connect to Assembly that have the data source. Dora can start to read through this information and actually provide updates, allow you to search against it, summarize information. And we're constantly exploring what we can actually do with this information. I think we plan to expand, but with a real key sense of balance. We cherish, I think, the agility and the close-knit camaraderie of our current size. Everyone owns quite a bit. While growth is inevitable, I think we're determined to steer clear of getting ourselves over our skis. And the last thing we want is to really make any rash decisions around jeopardizing the team's like spirit or morale. And I think it's like slow and steady and smart, I think that's our mantra for now.
1: Let's switch to you, Josh. Who influences the way that you work? You know, Name a person or many persons or something
0: you look up to and why. It's less about individuals and more about principles for me. I think while there are countless people I respect and admire, I've never been one to mold myself after anyone else. Even the best intentioned advice can be very situational. And you should listen to advice. You should take advice. I think you should think about how you use it. Instead, it's the sort of insatiable curiosity that pulls toward authenticity that really guides my steps. I can't pin down the like source of curiosity within me, but, but more than anything, what truly fuels me is just a sense of purpose, not a transient goal, but a deep rooted purpose. And for me, that's the desire to unite people in a meaningful way. So assembly in its essence is embodied around that purpose It's a a beacon that keeps me moving, no matter the challenges or the obstacles. And and every day, it's not about what I'm doing, but why I'm doing it that really drives me forward.
1: Okay, we talked about a mistake earlier. This is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? It doesn't have to be something went bad. could have worked well, but maybe you'd tweak it a little bit.
0: Diving straight into building a full-fledged website might not have been the wisest i think it was just let's get something on paper as quickly as possible we were somewhat ahead of ourselves laying bricks before truly understanding the foundation at all if i had a do-over i think i'd invest more time in genuine customer conversations to deeply understand the pain points before writing any line of code at all and if we were to talk about strategic shifts i would probably lean into platforms like slack or teams as a good example By starting with building an integrated app for these platforms, we could have gauged adoption, iterated based on real-time feedback, and with our limited resources and being part-time at the time, juggling both the web app and these other platforms became a real big handful. I think going the Slack or Teams route initially could have probably really reduced the overhead and allowed us to focus on perfecting one thing at a time. So in essence, I think start leaner, listen more and tap into existing user habits rather than trying to reinvent the wheel from the get go.
1: Josh, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world and can't wait to show it off to you right
0: there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I think if they built the next big thing, I might be asking them for advice instead, but If they asked. I think this goes back to my purpose-driven stuff. I think I've talked a lot about this with friends recently. I think there's some things that you can do to help you find or gauge what your purpose might be, which is find your why. The journey gets wild sometimes and it gets tough, but remembering the why behind what you're doing can be really a good anchor during these like really stormy, tumultuous times. I think the next one would be Focus on the problem, not the solution, which is also actually, I don't know if that's the exact title, but another really great book. The market and user needs just change so quickly. If you're married to the problem, however, you can hit it when needed. Then I think there's cherishing the journey. I think this has probably been said over and over again, but it's not about these eureka moments. Entrepreneurship in general is as much about navigating the challenges as it is about celebrating the wins valuing effort over milestone in the long run i think the dedication and hard work you put in will matter more than just hitting milestones it's the effort and there's a whole study around this that i think is really interesting where they studied giving praise to children for their grades versus giving praise to children for the effort they put in to get the grades and the children who got the praise for the effort were just far more efficient far more productive far more successful in the rest of their schooling. So I think that's really interesting concept. And then networking is gold. This cannot be stressed enough. The people you meet, the mentors, the peers, and even the competitors can offer extremely valuable insight. To any young entrepreneur listening, remember, I think it's a marathon, not a sprint. Every step, stumble, or sprint on this path teaches you should something
1: valuable. That's great advice. Well, Josh, thank you for being on the show today, and thank you for telling the creation story of Assembly. Thanks for having me. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place